Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening and hanging out with me here today. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. And what do I know? Well, in late 2018, I was diagnosed with oropharyngeal cancer and I went on to have a third of my tongue removed, both tonsils, the tumour, 30 lymph nodes and 30 chemoradiotherapy sessions. I also had a peg tube feed for 15 months and ate nothing orally in that time. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 41 of the No Feeding Tube Show and this is the commencement of series 3. Welcome and in series 3 and I alluded to this back in episode 40 that I'm going to change things up a little bit and what's going to happen with series 3 is I'm changing the, um, not that this is of any great interest to you but My emails have changed and I'm going to start producing weekly an email if you've subscribed to my um, newsletter, uh, a weekly email called Five Notch Friday. It's going to come out every Friday, funnily enough, and in that email or in that e-news, I'm going to talk about the five things that I've been doing, working on, or have been a challenge for that particular week with my dysphagia journey. So just so you know, if you're not subscribed, you won't get that. But if you are subscribed, and many of you are, uh, you'll notice in your inbox that the email's changed and the content's changed a bit too. So I'm trying to give you information that you can quickly run your eyes over and go, yes, no, that's for me, that's not for me. Um, And that will be self-explanatory in the email. So... uh, Episode 41, and for those that have been sort of being in touch with me and following me, know that I've just come back from a 300-kilometre walk, and in many respects, that five weeks away for me has created um, an opportunity for me to have a think about things and really work out what information I'm giving you that helps you the most, and in that, I've come up with Five Notch Friday. And a notch, as you probably know, is a little mark that indicates where you are and where you're at and or gives you a number. And I thought that's a really good uh, metaphor for what we have to do on this dysphagia journey, this head and neck cancer treatment journey. So episode 41 today is all about how to deal with a diagnosis of dysphagia um, and the, the three things that head and neck cancer treatment taught me and I think uh, this walk that I've just completed has been um, instrumental in giving me uh, a lot more confidence. The first thing it's taught me this head and neck cancer treatment is that you do lose confidence and by that I mean it kind of erodes away slowly and I didn't even notice that it was happening I thought and for those that know me know that I'm pretty um, 
uh, straightforward. I'm a straight shooter. I'm, I tend to just say things as it occurs. It's not always a good thing, but I, I'm a, a straight shooter and I tend to deal with things reasonably well. And I hadn't noticed that this uh, head and neck cancer treatment was slowly eroding my food confidence and my confidence in general. So I was a bit apprehensive when I took off on this walk. Um, it took, mm, I think, 12 days in total. I was away for five weeks in total. So that's a lot of meals to get your head around when you're not having access to your own kitchen, your own normal food. And I know that I found that um, one of the biggest barriers when I was planning it and organising it. And that was what I started to worry about in my mind. And then I had to stop and go you know what, Yvonne, it may not happen. You might actually find this really easy. So don't start um, creating problems in your head that may or may not become something in real life. But I did notice when I came back from the war that my confidence generally had been eroded away and particularly my food confidence. So that's the first thing it's taught me. Um you get so busy trying to heal. You get so busy trying to do all the things that your medical team are telling you. You get so busy that you start to worry about, I can't do this anymore, I can't do that anymore. And it just like me, it, I didn't notice that it was happening. But after I'd done the walk and after I'd achieved all these things with a relative amount of ease, there were a few meals where I didn't get to eat, um, but that was more... Um, a location point of view for me, where I happened to be at the time and what I had access to and what was open. So the first thing I noticed was it really did erode my confidence. And in hindsight, I think I'd worry less about what was going on. I'd worry less about what potentially is going to happen if I push the boundaries and go out. Um, and that's part of the reason why I did the walk was because I had to really ascertain in my own mind and get it right in my own mind that what I can do is actually much greater than what I think I can do. So that's the first thing I learned was it um, very much erodes your self-confidence within yourself and particularly your food confidence. So I'm going to just talk about the food confidence if you like and walking and being away from my own kitchen meant that I had to try things that you know you know you know by visually looking at things you go oh god I'm really not going to manage that and I really surprised myself I also drank things that I didn't normally drink and that included alcohol but uh, through Portugal and Spain there were lots of fresh orange juice so I've come back to Australia and I'm drinking fresh orange juice again I'm not a big juice drinker because it's got a lot of sugar but uh, I enjoyed it and I lost weight but that was probably because I was burning two and a half thousand calories a day too but uh, yes I definitely tried things and ate things that I wouldn't normally eat salad included the second thing that I learned and I took away from that walk and Certainly um, after having head and neck cancer treatment is you've got to love what you do. And by that I mean you've got to love, if you're retired, you've got to find a hobby that you love, you've got to find work that you love, um, you've got to find some uh, relationship that you love, you've got to find things that you love doing because you need the distraction, 
You need, um, well, for me, it, again, it was a confidence builder. Um, if you've had half your face removed, your tongue removed, your teeth, um, your nasal passages, your vocal cords, whatever part of the treatment has been removed for you, and I know we're not all in the same place in the same boat but I know for me because I was I used to do a lot of presenting talking um, eating drinking that was my job that was my career Uh, I lost a lot of confidence in that so I had to reassess what I was doing how I was doing and how much I loved it because if I didn't love it I was easily distracted back to woe is me this is just crap I'm not enjoying this um and I was really conscious that mentally I didn't go to that place. And that's why I say the second thing that I learned was love what you do. You've got to love your job. You've got to love your retirement. You've got to find a hobby or a, an activity that you really can get your head out of what's going on with you from a food swallowing uh, healing point of view. And just even if it's for a little moment, just forget about what's going on. And it was funny the other night, I I realised um, I'd seen my oncologist recently and for me, it's I always feel like I've got a butcher's knife stuck in my neck. That feeling is never, ever going to go. And I know that now. It's taken me four years to recognise that. So the things that I do outside of the healing in my day-to-day is ensure that I'm doing activity that I really love that can get my head out of that space. And the third thing that head and neck cancer treatment taught me was learning to experiment with food. Uh, You know, that walk alone showed me and proved to me that what I was doing was right. You have to keep trying foods. You have to keep trying different things. It's very easy to fall back to, uh, I'm only cooking for myself, therefore I'm not going to bother. Or, I know I can only manage this, so that's all I'm going to eat. And whatever that might be, mush banana, soup, um, smoothie through your peg tube, um, trying to swallow smith whatever it is I pushed myself through the barrier of food confidence on that walk and I know now that what I was doing before I left Australia was in fact the right thing to do for me and look as I, I always preface this by saying I'm not a medical practitioner I'm just telling you from my lived experience what I've done and what's worked for me. So experimenting and trying all sorts of different food. And if they don't work that week, funnily enough, they might work the next week. And that noise in the background of my two cats, I've just locked them outside so that they wouldn't do that, what they're doing now. Um, I've also got a frog out in my pond, which is kind of interesting, and he's making a lot of noise too. So these are three things that I learned from head and neck cancer treatment. Um... It does erode your confidence, so be aware of that and do things that continue to build your confidence with food and with activities outside of your home. Uh, Make sure that you love what you're doing, be that your work, your hobby, your relationships, your friends, whatever you're doing, make sure that it is an activity or a relationship or a hobby or a work environment that can take you out of what you do on a daily basis and you know let's face it we're always thinking about what's going on with us because it's there um you know particularly if you've lost bits of your anatomy um as i have with my tongue um 
tonsils, muscles in my neck. If you've lost those things, you're constantly subconsciously feeling it all the time. And I don't know about you, but I get really tired and weary of that constant, oh, geez, you know, really, I have to put up with this again today. So it's really important that you do things outside of your day-to-day life that you love, whatever that looks like for you. For me, I do this, I write, I do podcasts, I research stuff that I hope you find helpful. Um, I have a couple of clients and I also work in a job, so I do a lot and I study. So all those sorts of things and what I do is what I'm going to include in my Five Notch Friday. And the first one will come out with a link to this particular recording and that's episode 41, series three, um, what to do when you've got a diagnosis of dysphagia and the three things that I've learnt. Um, as always, everybody, I'm really happy to have you here. I'm really pleased that you've spent some time, uh, your own time, just listening to me or watching me um, or getting involved in one of my social media sites. Um, I'm so pleased to have you here and I really hope that I can help. And it's great having you because... In me supporting you and you supporting me, um, it helps my journey too. Um, I don't want it to all look like hearts and roses because it's not. I have crappy days just like everybody else. And, um, you know, there are some days, even now, four years out, I'm still in the hurt locker. So it's a mind game now for me. Um, The first couple of years was a physical game. Now it's very much a mind game. So I hope you enjoyed that. And um, that's the end of series oh no it's not the end of it's the end of series two beginning of series three end of episode 41 thanks everybody as always um eat well until we talk again okay bye